Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. Our sponsor for this episode is UFA Cooperative. When the business of agriculture can't stop, UFA helps you get it done. There are no days off, and when every second counts, UFA has what you need, when and where you need it. Buy online and pick up in store, now available. Visit ufa.com and get what you need, all from the palm of your glove. This episode is hosted by Peter Bodway. Peter manages strategy and partnerships for an innovative alliance of energy companies committed to reducing environmental impacts through collaborative R&D efforts. His most recent role outside of Canada was with the World Wildlife Fund, where he was the chief executive officer of WWF China, based in Beijing. Prior to that, Peter lived in Hong Kong for 15 years working in the technology industry. And now I'll hand the mic over to Peter as he has a conversation with Alex Villeneuve. Take it away, Peter. So thanks, Al. Hello, uh, everyone. My name is Peter Bodway, and I'll be your host of today's Rainforest podcast. Today's guest is Alex Villeneuve. Alex is the CEO of Sarah's Solutions, an Alberta ag venture. And I'd say probably one of the most uh, sustainable business models I've seen in a very long time. And it's uh, and I'm really looking forward to our discussion today. So so welcome, Alex. Well, thanks for having me, Peter. It's a pleasure to be here. So I'll start off, and can you tell us a little bit about uh, Sarah's Solutions and and what problems are you looking to solve? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Sarah solves three problems for three pretty distinct Alberta industries. Um, I started the company while I was at the Brewmaster program at Olds College in uh, Olds, Alberta, uh, and there you learn how to brew craft beer and uh, all of the processes around. Um, uh, brewing and 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 serving of beer, um, and during that coursework, I found that there was a huge amount of waste produced by beer breweries called spent brewers' grain. So initially, seeing that waste, I thought we needed to be doing something much better with it than composting or recycling um, or, or landfilling it. Um, so I developed a process over the last five years that uh, takes brewery and agricultural waste um, and uses it as a growing media to uh, produce specialty, uh, very high quality specialty mushrooms. We then take our mushroom compost after the mushrooms have been harvested and sold to restaurants and to food producers and distributors. Uh, and we uh, recently got approval to use that as a high protein livestock feed. So uh, we solve, I guess, three different problems for three different industries. We uh, offer a sustainable removal service for, for breweries that's uh, ecologically sound. Uh, we offer a, a very high quality and um, affordable mushroom product for distributors um, in Alberta. and then. Uh, we're now starting to offer this um, protein-enriched cattle feed product. And I wanted to touch on that because I think, I mean, when, and again, like I said, this is such a sustainable model. You start off with the brewer's grain, you then use that to grow the the specialty mushrooms, and then in the end, you have a livestock feed. But that livestock feed, I mean, that that's something very special. I believe you've just got approved for that, correct? Yeah, absolutely. So um, in Canada, to get a new feed product approved, especially with novel ingredients or, 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 or organisms, um, it's a very difficult process and very time consuming. So uh, we worked in partnership with um, Olds College's Tax Center, which is a livestock feed and um, research um, team. And we conducted tests over uh, tests and trials over about three years 
to get our mushroom substrate approved as a livestock feed. So during the mushroom cultivation process, uh, the mushroom breaks down very complex fibers in the spent brewer's grain and uh, wheat straw in the substrate, and it turns it into more protein uh, or mushroom cells, I guess, in the simplest way to explain it. So our, our residue or our mushroom compost is more valuable as a feedstock afterwards. So we, we've known it's been a very good feed, and we've had the test results on paper for a very long time uh, that demonstrates that it's a good good feed product. But we've uh, just recently got our Canadian Food ins- Agency inspection approval um, for the product, which is exciting, um, specifically for beef cattle. Uh, yeah, so, so we're excited to take uh, something that would be viewed as a waste in, in a traditional mushroom farm, add more value to it, and then provide that, that value to local farmers and ranchers. That's great. That's great. So I, I did want to, because again, I, I see that, you know, you, you, you've been at this a few years, two or three years now, and it seems you've made some great progress. Can you talk a little bit about sort of your journey to date and how you leverage some of the available resources? Obviously, Olds College, uh, CDL, the Foresight Accelerator. Can you give us a little bit of understanding of how you move through the system? You know, we've, we, we're really fortunate to to started the company at, at the time that I did. Um, you know, the company's had a tremendous amount of support, uh, starting off with Olds College's research teams and um, and professors. They uh, encouraged me very early on to to start and to pursue this. And over the last, it's been I guess five and a half years now officially. Uh, We've, we've been able to leverage funding through Alberta Innovates, uh, through the National Research Council uh, in their IRAP program. We've been uh, incredibly fortunate to get a couple of pitch competition prizes. Um, and we've used that funding to scale everything up through three phases of uh, development. Well, there's still one I wanted to talk about, which which I think has just been announced. So Saris Solutions has been awarded about $500,000, if I'm not mistaken, from ERA, Emission Reduction Alberta's food farming and forestry challenge. So firstly, congratulations on that win. That's a big milestone. And and can you tell us a little bit about the project you're doing under the ERA funding? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we were thrilled to be uh, selected as one of 17 projects um, to be supported through ERA's food farming and forestry challenge. Um, yeah, so, so we've been approved for $500,000 as part of a $2 million project in total. Uh, so it's a very significant contribution rate. And we're going to use that funding to uh, take what we've developed here over the last five years, all of our growing systems and the, the proven technology. And uh, this is going to be our first commercial demonstration of the technology uh, at scale. So we're using this funding to build much a much larger facility that's going to produce around 4,000 pounds of fresh mushrooms uh, every week for Alberta. And, and as a result of that, around 12,500 pounds of in, enriched cattle feed. So, so we've demonstrated, we've done, we've done a lot of the heavy lifting already. We, you know, we've developed and tested the technology now um, through quite a few phases of development. Uh, in this incubator space, we've got all the bugs worked out of it. We know it's a very high yielding system with a lot of, well, with quite a lot of benefits. Um, in the industries that I mentioned before. And now we're just looking to scale it up. So uh, we're going to take that funding and we're going to use it uh, to build this first facility, which we're then going to use as a cookie cutter approach for all of our uh, future facilities. So we're just going to essentially carbon copy what we do in this next demonstration facility in, in every city where where it's viable to do so. Well, on that, I mean, what's sort of the driver for growth when you say in every city? So the intention to sort of locate within a big city that has a large group of brewers, is that the idea? And that gives you your feedstock to grow? Is that sort of your the, the build model? Yeah, that's correct. Um, so so we're, we've developed a system, you know, in Alberta, there's a tremendous amount of 
uh, brewery waste and cereal straw waste and agricultural waste. But in other regions, you know, uh, in places that produce coffee or that produce sorghum or that produce um, like hardwoods uh, in bulk, we can use any sort of a substrate. So uh, we can take any kind of a fibrous agricultural or industrial waste and use it as a medium to grow uh, these specialty mushrooms. Uh, our system is very modular. So, so we're not so much pinned to only brewery grain and only cereal straw. We can use any kind of a waste or a byproduct. So the model is, uh, you know, these mushrooms are, they really don't ship very well. They're, they're incredibly high quality and very good when you have them, you know, within one region. Uh, so kind of within the borders of Alberta, our product is the best price point. It's the highest quality. It's what chefs want. It's what um, food producers want. And it's all at the right price point. But as soon as we get uh, into shipping things long distances, the product quality deteriorates. And then we have, uh, you know, all of a sudden we're really not that much better than the ones being imported from, you know, overseas. So our model, instead of building mega farms uh, and exporting the product, uh, we're more interested in building a network of small regional farms that make use of local biomass, that hire local people, that, you know, supports local farmers and ranchers um, and offers the best quality product. So for us, that's the long-term goal is to take what we've developed uh, and what we're going to demonstrate with this uh, ERA project uh, and then apply it essentially everywhere where people eat mushrooms and cattle. <laughs> Pretty much everywhere. Yeah. So, well, I'll talk about that growth. So once you prove out, you know, you have the ERA funding, you prove out your model, you sort of scale to a size where you've proved and now you're ready to go across Canada, potentially the globe. So are you looking to raise money from outside investors at that point? Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're actually going to be launching our capital raise um, in about two weeks here. Uh, so as part of the ERA funding, there's a uh, a contribution rate of private investment um, or, and, and like company contributions. So people can contact me via the website or via my email, which is on the website for details about the raise. It's it's our first time taking uh, an equity investment. Uh, we've only done prize money and, and research grants and my own investment and some immediate family members. So this is a big step for us uh, towards that commercialization. We did I guess all the very heavy R&D and the stuff that's not attractive to investors on our own and um, with the funding that was made available. And now that we've got something very commercially viable and around 8.8 times more efficient than a standard mushroom farm, now we're ready to uh, take on that private investment and really grow this. That's great. Okay, well, we'll definitely leave your your contact details in the uh, in the show notes. So I did want to ask, I mean, you know, during this journey, I mean, sometimes, I mean, being a CEO is is a lonely job, right? You're responsible, everything, you know, everything stops with you. But I guess what's the, the most challenging part about uh, being the CEO of Sarah's Solutions? That's a great question. Um, obviously, there's, you know, there's been lots of challenges along the way. Initially, we weren't sure if the technology would be viable on a, on a large scale. You know, obviously, it works really well in Ziploc bags in your dorm room closet. But is that going to you know, scale up to feed millions of people economically and viably. So I suppose there was always a challenge around developing the tech. And, and since there's no book you can just open and read, it was very difficult to go through that process. I suppose until very recently, it was just myself running the company. So, so yeah, it was, it, it was quite difficult. That was the main challenge was, was trying to do everything really well and everything by myself. Um, but we've addressed that now, and especially going into a much larger project, uh, bringing on uh, industry experts and corporate partners and um, advisors and mentors. But uh, I'd say the biggest struggle or, or, or the largest challenge was was trying to do a little bit of everything. We're not just one industry, you know, we're, we're kind of a company that's three companies sort of smashed together. So it made things difficult, but it also made things really rewarding, you know, when we have these little milestones along the way, like the feed product approval or, or, or we're approved for some funding or, or we made a larger sale or got a great 
new client. Um, it makes it makes it all worth it. So, how many staff do you have now, Alex? Uh, yeah. So there's myself and a COO, a chief operating officer, who who do the I guess higher level things, uh, and then we have around four. Uh, well, in the R and D farm, around four uh, folks who come in and do the actual you know harvesting of mushrooms and the you know filling of tubes and the uh, the maintenance and whatnot. In the next facility, we're looking uh, probably around 20 people in total to maintain that. Yeah, that's for the ERA funding, right? Once for the ERA funding, you mean you'll have 20 people. Yeah, that's a fairly, that's a big operation. Uh, yeah, for the, for the commercial demonstration, obviously, there's going to be quite a lot of jobs created around the installation of it, um, with the engineering, the uh, automation, the artificial intelligence tie-ins that we have. Um, and then just the day-to-day operations are quite... Uh, it was be a full time job picking that many mushrooms for sure. So once the once the the project's kicked off, when do you expect to sort of have your first facility built and producing mushrooms at scale? This ERA funding is that a month or two, six months? What's the timing on that? Yeah, um, so so we spent a lot of time thinking about how to get mushrooms to market very quickly. Um, obviously, we've had a ton of experience here, and we know how to grow them. Uh, we're actually not even really changing too much up as far as the technology goes, like the physical technology. Obviously, we're we're automating quite a lot of it and we're uh, doing a lot of data tie-ins and things like that. But the, the nuts and bolts, like the, the actual operation doesn't change very much in broad strokes from what we're doing now. So uh, as soon as we've got the facility, we're, we're aiming for around a month and a half or to two months before we have product to market. Uh, and that's largely because it takes around four weeks to produce the mushrooms that we do. So two weeks in incubation. So fairly quick. So quite quickly. And then and then we can add on capacity very quickly on top of that as well. Uh, we grow in modified shipping containers. So uh, as we have the demand and as we have the, the sales increase, it's very easy for us just to put in more, more of these shipping containers. Great. That's very fast. So I want to ask you a little bit about sort of your, I guess, a bit of your entrepreneur journey. Because like you said, you had access, you had a great ecosystem to help you along, et cetera. And, and I guess I'm just thinking back, I mean, because you're, you know, you, you started this, as you said, in your dorm room, right, at Olds College. If, if you were going to do it differently, again, what, what would you do differently? What, what would you change? Or would you change? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Yeah, and I did start out in my dorm room. Uh, the, the room inspections were, were kind of fun to explain to people. They come through and they make sure that, I guess, things are up to code and that your room isn't a total disaster uh, once a month or so. And <laughs> I remember explaining to the folks that came through that they weren't listed mushrooms um they were in fact edible culinary ones but um if i were to do things differently honestly i had i had a lot of people who um you know had run companies before and my um immediate some of my immediate family members had run companies before and i guess they were offering advice very early on that you know it kind of took me a year of stumbling through it by myself to realize that they were right <laughs> so if i were to do anything i think i would listen more closely to uh, those, you know, people uh, who were offering advice very early. Aside from that, honestly, I, I don't know if I would have changed too much. I think, I think everything that, that happened, the, you know, the struggle that we had and the, you know, the problems early on really contributed to a product or, or and to a, you know, a company that's, you know, hugely more efficient than the competition. And that's uh, offering a, a product that's uh, more sustainable kind of on three fronts. So I'm, not, I'm honestly not sure I would have changed too much because, because those, you know, pretty early struggles really did contribute to something that's, um, I think that's going to make a really big difference. But well, it's interesting. I mean, I just want to ask and, and explore just a little bit of that, because you said, you know, having access to people who had, ex- you know, experience building companies, etc. Obviously, as part of CDL and Foresight Accelerator, you also got access to those services, right? Or 
I mean, did that did that sort of really help clarify the business model and and you know clear your trajectory for growth? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think I could have put it by better myself. Yeah, clearing you know trajectory for growth. Uh, we did the CDL accelerator first as part of the Prime Stream uh, in Calgary, and aside from incorporating, that was probably the single best corporate decision or corporate thing that we could have done. Um, it was different from a lot of other accelerators in that the people who were participating, the mentors had all, you know, started and run companies and been in your shoes and could really offer advice that was meaningful. And it was a really, a really valuable learning experience. And through that, it helped me think about how large the company could be and how to scale it up to that. Um, I think up until that point, you know, I've been incredibly focused on getting the tech ready and getting the, all of the processes ready to scale. But I think learning how to scale and learning from people who had done it was kind of that missing component that CDL kind of just happened happened to show up at the right time. It was really fantastic. And we're still quite close with a lot of the mentors. Uh, two of them have uh, signed up for our um, informal advisory board and we have conversations with them once a week. And um, it's it's been a very valuable experience for sure. Great, great. You know, it's, it's great to hear about the community. So looking forward, so if you think forward, the next 24 months, right, what will Serve Solutions have achieved? Yeah, so so we're going to have this whole uh, commercial demonstration facility up and running and producing. Uh, you'll be able to find our, our mushrooms at your favorite restaurants and uh, in your favorite food products within Alberta. So, so that's the immediate goal. It's really all hands on deck. And 100% of our focus right now is going into executing this, this larger farm perfectly and to hit the outcomes that we want. We plan to operate that for around six months to a year before taking on expansion projects or, or additional farms. We have quite a lot of interest, both within Canada and internationally, in in licensing the farming technology that we've developed here. So, so we're going to look at a blended approach, uh, partially owned farms and partially licensed farms, um, to make sure that we're able to scale quickly enough, I guess, to, to bring more mushrooms to more people and, and to take advantage of this waste, uh, these waste streams more quickly. Um, so yeah, in the next few years, we're, we'll have our uh, Alberta basis, our, our, our sort of our flagship um, location up and running, and we'll be looking at taking on expansion uh, or additional farming uh, operations. That's great. That's great. So I guess if listeners want to know more, I mean, about uh, Sarah's Solutions, I guess, what should they do, Alex? Uh, we've got a great website with a information uh, video and some recent news articles. It's uh, www.cres dash ab.com um so that's that's probably the best place to find uh, information about us uh, my contacts info uh, contact info is on there is any interested investors would be happy to pass along our uh, our, our data room and, and relevant materials to them yeah well, i mean keep an eye, keep an eye out at your your favorite you know your favorite local restaurant or, or, or swing by the farm and i'd be happy to get anybody who's interested some some mushrooms to try out that that would be the best way and uh, yeah as as we start to make more progress with this with this commercial demonstration i'm sure everybody will be hearing quite a bit okay no well again alex i know you're very busy today for those of our listeners it was interesting you may not notice but in the middle of our recording alex had to go run and uh take part in another meeting so it was like we had the forklift going in the background etc so i do want to say thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule today um and for our listeners thanks for listening if you haven't already visit rainforestab.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. 
This episode brought to you by UFA Cooperative, providing trusted advice, products, services, and solutions to help members and customers get it done. Visit ufa.com for more information. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.